right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Broke Back Mountain podcast, week 15. It's been a minute. I apologize, but uh, it's been tough to, to be motivated after pretty much every motivation has been stripped or removed. That being said, I did say I was going to make the podcast, and so here I am keeping to my word. Uh, excited to actually talk a little bit about this week. I spent a little bit of time doing some projections because I think what's really interesting as we look at the next three weeks, we have three weeks left, is not necessarily who's going to win the league um, despite a miracle. That's pretty much locked up. Congratulations, Blake, and we'll talk about you in a second here. But really the the race for last. It's heating up. It's really good. We've got six teams within two games or three games to go. I've broken down every single team that could potentially finish in last place their remaining schedule, what I think they're going to finish, and why. So we're going to dive into all that in just a minute. Before we get any further, um, I will give a a nod and a shout-out to Blake, who is, uh, again, anything could happen. It is fantasy football. But with three games to go, and the fact that Blake is two games up plus a point advantage over every single team in the league, Uh, despite a miracle, meaning that either Kevin or Chad significantly outscore Blake and run the table with Blake losing the next three games. Um, He's on a current six-game win streak, and it's probably going to be Blake as the champion. Congratulations on another jacket there, Blake. Okay, when we look at what's what's the the middle-tier section here, it's probably the the least interesting, so I'll address it, and then we'll spend a majority of the time on the other side. Right now, we've got a two-way fight for second place. Chad has lost three consecutive games. Certainly doesn't hurt when some of your best players are injured and or out. Uh, and Kevin's sort of on the upswing here, who has won his last contest. Nine and five. Kevin has a, a Yahoo projected and a commissioner line projected 30-point advantage this week. Uh, very tantalizing uh, as a as a betting, which is why I ended up taking the Rough Riders. Uh, but Chad's in an interesting predicament. Team not necessarily looking super strong. It's a pick'em option, um, and it's a it's a great opportunity for a little upset from the Hater Nation. Love the matchup, um, and, and it would not be surprising that Chad, who was easily favorite to win this year, could potentially find himself somewhere third and or even fourth by the time the chips all fall. Okay, I don't want to forget anybody. And because, um, Tony, you and I are are in the literal forgettable zone, I'll just address the fact that we're playing each other this week. So we are probably the game that matters least. I'm going to talk about us first here in just a second because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we do, we probably won't get last and there's no way we get first. So we'll enjoy being middle of the pack um, and just uh, taking home the average trophy which is all super fun. So we'll talk about you in just a here in a second, Tony. All right, so let's dive in here. I want to talk a little bit about what the heck is going to happen. We've got five teams vying for to stay out of one place. Um, I am going to rank these teams in order of least likely to finish last to most likely to finish last based off of my own gut and feeling, looking at their schedule ahead, Keeping, uh, I would say, just an account of like who do they play, 
How have they fared over the last few weeks? What do I think is actually going to happen? So um, let's go ahead and, and dive on in here. The first one, and the guy that I would say is least likely to finish in last place, is going to be the good guys. Now, not shockingly, because they are at the top of these five teams, but the main reasons why for me, good guys are leading the points out of anybody else of these five teams. So no matter what, if it comes to a tie, Robert's going to have the advantage. He clearly sits in a good spot and an advantage over everybody else. Now, when I look at this, this week, he obviously draws probably the single toughest matchup he could draw in a game against Blake, where he is uh, a 30-point underdog. Um, and, uh, excuse me, 20, 21 point underdog as according to the Yahoo and the commissioner lines have him as a, um, just checking my sources here. Yes. Commissioner lines have a 24.08 underdog for the good guys. I believe that unfortunately this is going to be a, a win for, for Bon Jovi and a loss for the good guys. That moves him to six and nine. Next week, he plays a very important game against the Mile High Herberts. Why? Because, well, they're both vying for not being in last place. And their projection right now, obviously a lot can change in a week, is within half of a point of each other. So we're talking about a neck-and-neck projection, a very important matchup. Um, I actually have, based off of no evidential evidence, not, I'm not saying evidential, based off of nothing that has value or evidence to it, I have a feeling like the good guys are going to win that matchup. Uh, sorry, Mike. And then he draws Hayden at the very end of the year, which I think Robert will also win that contest. So as I look at the last three games, although Robert, I think, is going to lose this week, he'll win his last two, which will mean that Robert will finish the season 8-9, and nine. I have his odds to finish last place at plus 1,000. I don't think it's going to happen. Certainly anything could happen, but I think Robert is clear and safe. Next up, Mizrachi. I went back and forth with this a little bit. I was trying to figure out why I could actually rationale him in this position, especially when I actually started calculating out some of the games. And um, I'm not sure if him being in this position actually makes sense after I've looked at this <laughs> thoroughly. Um, so uh, I, I might have to change my own rankings here, but I'm going to address Mizraki. I think he loses this week. He's a 30-point disadvantage to Kevin. Going to get the floor wiped with him. Next week, he plays an all-important matchup versus Ryan. Now, in that matchup, uh, I believe he is – yes, so here's the big thing about Mizraki over the last three weeks. Every single matchup, he is an underdog. And he's an underdog roughly eight points next week. And then if you look at the final week of the season, 14 points versus Robert. So he's going to have to outperform his, his projections, which certainly could happen, or make sure that the team that he plays really sucks. I don't think he gets it done versus, versus Ryan, which then I've already projected the Robert game. And that would mean my projections for Hayden to finish out the year would be three straight losses. If that's the case, then Hayden finishes at a woeful 6 and. 12. All right, so let's keep that in mind because I'm not sure I projected this out correctly based off of what I think for everybody else. Mile High Kings. The Mile High Kings are currently uh, at 6 and 8, but here's the big thing about the Mile High Kings, right? Lowest point total. And lowest point total 
by about 90 points. All right, so there's a big challenge there because over three weeks, they're going to have to outscore Hater Nation by 30 points a week. I don't see that happening. So it all becomes wins. What's the good news? Mike has a two-game advantage. That is a huge breathing room because here's what I think is going to happen. Mike plays Hit Parade this week. Very good line, exciting game to watch. Be keeping our, our, our eyes on that one. Unfortunately, I think Mike drops this week. Tough matchup, but I think Mike drops it to the Hit Parade. Then you look at the next week's game. Again, that's a pick 'em. It could go either which way, so don't panic, Mike. But like, I think that Rob's going to get you. And then the last week of the season, as against Tony, of which you are currently projected uh, as a very, very narrow win, just a four-point win. But I am going to ride the Mambas in that. So let's not panic because you are favored into that and very well could win that game. Mike, I think if you win one more game, you are clear of last place right now. I don't project you winning a game to finish out the year. Call me crazy. Call me what you want. We're just having fun. All right. So um, that is the 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 Mile High Kings. Um, and I'm sorry, Mizraki have a plus 250. I also have Mile High Kings at plus 200. That would mean that the Mile High Kings, if they do not win another game, also finish at 6 and 12. Moving up to the next one is going to be Hit Parade. Hit Parade is a team that has shown a great ability over the course of the season, but has certainly lost two games as of recent on a little bit of a skid here. Uh, very important, and I can't understate this matchup this week versus the Mile High Herberts because this is going to be such a swing game in what happens moving forward. Right now, based off of Thursday, uh, the projection from Yahoo is three points difference. That given the advantage to the Mile High Herberts. DK went out and had seven catches for 55 yards. Fine performance, um, kind of a, a childish move at one point there by getting the penalty. And then Brock Purdy, who had a, a very good game, went out and did what he needed to do. Wasn't stellar by any means, um, but two big touchdowns to, to George Kittle were the difference there. 22-point advantage. So this in matchup this week is, is super important because if Hit Parade does win, he draws Hayden next week, which I have him beating Hayden next week, and then Josh at the end of the year. So Hit Parade's schedule literally is everybody that is fighting for last place, including himself, which makes it super tantalizing as far as what's going to happen each and every week. If you're not paying attention, Ryan, you freaking better because this is where it all comes down to that last game versus Josh. And based off of what I see, I've got Josh taking that in the very last game of the year, which would mean that from your current record at 5-9, and nine, you will finish the year at 7-10. and 10. All right, so let's move on uh, and a plus 100 odds on getting last place. The final guy who's currently in last place, uh, last place two years ago, champion from the last season, and now sitting at 4-10. and 10. Kind of at the bottom looking up, there was a nice little run there where Josh fought himself into or out of the last place position and now has fallen right back into it. Um, Josh has a, a tough draw this week against the Dictator. Difficult for sure. 
uh, right now has a, I believe, eight-point disadvantage after the Thursday game has been played. Gino basically hit his projection 0.1 uh, over that projection. Big question marks here. Dallas Goddard, does he return? And is, is he going to be in a great position? Uh, Jalen Waddle has been underperforming for the Dictator, and they go to Buffalo and are going to be playing in what looks like some pretty big snow. Same thing applies, obviously, for Tua and Tyreek on Josh's side. So that's going to be a very important game for this matchup. Um, Minnesota's defense has been porous against the run. Jonathan Taylor could have a very good performance. Trevor Lawrence draws a very difficult task with Dallas defense. Uh, but you've got some other really good options that come up. I think that the Adam Thielen play versus Indy is a tough one as well. I hate starting Kirk Cousins against Indy, but I have to. So there's a lot of question marks in this that could swing this either which way. I've got Chad winning this matchup, which means that there's two to go next week versus the Rough Riders. Projections right now, obviously, that you're not going to win that one. And then the final game versus Ryan. So if you win that last game, hypothetically, versus Ryan, that would make your your finishing record 5 and 12. And if Hayden loses out to Kevin, Ryan, and Robert, that would also make Hayden 5 and 12. And so that would essentially come down to points. The points right now are differentiated by a pretty narrow margin, but still a fair bit. Just about 70 points, maybe a little pinch under 60 points, which would mean over three games, you're going to have to outscore Hayden by about 20 points per game at least. Okay, so what other scenarios happen here? Josh would have to either beat the Dictator and the Rough Riders, in, a clue, in, in addition to beating Ryan, to then have a shot at Mike, assuming Mike loses out. Very real possibility. However, big matchup versus Hit Parade this week. Um, if Mike does win one game, he is clear. So this is the only situation where Mike loses all of his remaining games. Then it would come down to points of which Josh does have a pretty good point advantage. Uh, albeit it's a roughly same point advantage that Hayden has over Josh. So there would have to be some outscoring of each other here for things to line up. There's also a realistic situation where I'm just straight wrong. Hit parade loses this week to Mile High Kings. Hit Parade also loses to Hayden. And so uh, let's say that that is the case, and Hit Parade at the end of the year is sitting at 5-11, and 11. and you've got Hater Nation, who is also sitting at 5-11, and 11. Uh, excuse me, 4, it'd be 4-12 and 12 at this point in time, and they face off against each other, and the point advantage between these two is a measly 20 points. Josh goes and wins a contest by 30. It's actually 30 points. Excuse me, it's 32 right now. Uh, Josh wins by 33 points. Ties for last, but wins by a narrow one-point margin. I think I'm actually going to root for that because that would be so much fun if that ends up happening. I don't see it happening, but if that is the case, man, what a wild week 17 that would be. All right, so that's kind of the what I'm looking at for the rest of the year. I might have also butchered some of the ending records either with Hayden or Mike. I apologize about that. I did this all pretty quickly. Let's uh, let's look ahead at some of the matchups this week. Just do a little breakdown like we usually do. I'm going to run through them relatively quickly, but looking at the Brokeback Mountain versus the Mambas, 
I would call this the the middle game, the no man's game, the game that no one pays attention to because at the end of the day, whatever we do doesn't effing matter. Jalen Hurts um, is Jalen Hurts. Now there's MVP conversation and talk about what he's going to get for the end of the year. I've also seen other reports that said, hey, you could stick Gardner Minshew in that role and the Eagles are still rolling as as higher they are. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that Jalen Hurts may not be MVP, but he is certainly an incredible value to this team. Yes, they have amazing defense that plays really well. They've established the the ground game. But Jalen Hurts is a game changer. When he gets out of the pocket, when he scrambles, he changes the game, which creates third downs into first downs, keeps drives alive, and ultimately does things that not a lot of other quarterbacks can do right now. Um, What's really interesting about this game, probably the most interesting part about this, is that we actually, Tony and I, bet the opposite. So Tony bet that he was going to get beat by more than 24. I said I was going to win by less than 24. We'll see how that plays out. Um, I've been projected to win way too many times by nearly 20 or 30 points. That hasn't worked out well for me. And that's why I took the under on that because Stephon Diggs is going to be playing this note. Kirk Cousins plays a very tough Indianapolis defense. I'm currently starting Latavius Murray, which gives me a lot of worries. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has a backup quarterback in Colt McCoy throwing to him. And I currently have either Elijah Moore or a myriad of other guys that I'm trying to figure out. Is Ramondre going to go? What's going to be the deal with Jeff Wilson Jr., Jacoby Myers? I mean, all these guys are are questionable to to possibly out. Or do I stream Zach Wilson over Andy Dalton? A lot of questions still to fill, but I don't feel very good about my team uh, this week, to be honest. And so I feel like the game's going to be significantly closer. Now, I also look at Tony's team, and there's a lot of question marks over there as well. T. Higgins is questionable to go. Garrett Wilson potentially could have a good game. Depends if Zach can actually get him the ball, but as a juicy matchup versus Detroit. And then certainly, uh, you know, there's tough things where, hey, does does uh, um, Jamal Williams actually find the end zone? He has most games. It's going to be a, a, a cool game, 38 degrees in New York, but the Jets' run defense is pretty tough, so you're banking on a touchdown there. Isaiah Pacheco, who's playing Houston, which you would think would be a really tantalizing matchup, has actually uh, kind of fared decently well, even though they've given up the most fantasy points two running backs. I feel like they've done decently well over the last few weeks um, with Ezekiel Elliott. They did get burned pretty bad by Tony Pollard, but held Nick Chubb to 11 points, uh, held Jeff Wilson to 13 points. The entire Washington backfield, less than 25 points. You have to go back to Saquon, who scored 29 for a, a running back that really burned them. Or you look at Tony Pollard and the combination between them and Zach that was 40-point total. So impressive there, none the least. Okay, so I've got myself winning this one, but the margin I think is going to be a lot tighter, which is why I've betted on the opposite. The next matchup I want to talk about, the Rough Riders versus Ms. Rocky. I think this one's locked, state, and field. Uh, locked, fate, sealed is what I meant to say there. Um, I, I don't see a situation with so many question marks on Ms. Rocky. Tom Brady has been rocky. Uh, himself. You need a big game from Devontae Smith. There's a lot of things that are just not lining up. I think that um, this is a a good moment to actually see Justin Fields and is is what he was able to do. And it feels like forever ago because there was a bye week where, you know, we kind of just flat out missed what he's been doing. But remember, 
there was a stretch where he was just straight up dominating, right? 50 points, 40 points, 30 points, 28 points. So it's uh, it's really interesting. He's coming off his season high in passing yards, albeit not exactly shocking. 254 uh, didn't find the end zone, but his season high, facing probably the toughest uh, pass defense. You could argue that San Francisco, but uh, he's going to have to find some room on the ground to be successful. I also think, again, Justin Jefferson's going to draw a tough matchup versus Indy. The Colts uh, are just stingy when it comes to wide receiver play. Uh, C.D. Lamb had 21 points, uh, and again, they got roached by by Dallas, so maybe not the best comparison. Uh, but certainly, you know, you look at Pittsburgh wide receivers combined for 19 points um, when they played Philadelphia. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts gave up 13 points the most, which was Devontae Smith. You got to go back to the Raiders to get Devontae Adams, who posted a nine-catch, 126 yards, and a touchdown against the Colts for anything worthwhile. When I look at this matchup, the things I'm focused on are those. Um, I also think that it's interesting to see if we're going to see the the James Conner of old come back. Um, you know, he have had now two weeks where he's been over 26 fantasy points, looking very good. Uh, has four straight games of at least 110 scrimmage yards. So this is like a little bit of the old James Conner, but then he walks into a, a Denver defense buzzsaw, which has proven to be quite difficult. Um, but with Denver now going to Ripken as the backup quarterback, with Russell Wilson officially listed as out as of about an hour ago, you got a feeling like they're probably going to be on the field a lot, the defense, which certainly doesn't bode well. I think that I like James Conner even despite the matchup. Um, and I was texting with Kevin earlier this week, like, what, what are, like, how are we going to get Deshaun Watson back on? Like, is he going to actually pick it up? Is he going to be the Deshaun Watson of old? Certainly last week, much better than his debut, where he threw 42 times, completed about half of those uh, for 276 yards, touchdown, and a pick. Uh, it's not a great matchup versus Baltimore or next week versus New Orleans. So throughout the next two weeks, kind of a tough play. But if, it, if it's old Deshaun that comes to play, he's a little bit matchup proof. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, I, I do have Kevin winning this one by a, a landslide margin here. Next one up is a, a very important matchup is the hater nation and dictator. So as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we've got a, a, just a narrow eight-point fan fantasy projection. Um, I like the dictator because I like Joey B., I think that he's got a great opportunity. Mike Evans had a, a brutal game last week. If you watch the game, he caught a really nice, I think it was like a 70-yard touchdown, came back off of a penalty, finished his day with four catches for 44 yards. His last three games have been putrid, eight, nine, and five. Tough fantasy weeks. You just got to feel that there's a 30-point game looming here. I don't know if it is this week, but I certainly feel like this could be a great opportunity. I've got my worries about the Buffalo and and Miami game, so that's across pretty much every relevant player in that matchup for the the Miami side is in this contest. So that'll be an interesting game to just watch and keep track of, um, as well as that Tampa Bay and Cincinnati game because obviously you've got Joe Burrow, Mike Evans, and Jamar Chase all in that contest right from Chad's team. Um, I do like the Kelsey matchup versus Houston. 
great opportunity for another two to three touchdown game. I think Kansas City gets up, gets up fast. So the only concern there is that realistically, they're just not playing in the fourth quarter. Um, and then I, I like the Jonathan Taylor get right game here versus Minnesota, who's been just terrible on defense. Jonathan Taylor has not scored more than 22 points in his last three contests, also had a bye last week. So you're going to go back to week 10 versus the Raiders, uh, which was his best of the entire season. He went 22 for 147 yards and a touchdown. Um, I think that this is a, a game where he does get back into over the century mark has a really good performance. That's why I'm rolling, honestly, with the dictator. I don't like the Dalvin Cook matchup versus Indy. I'm not a fan of Lazard. I think the Thielen matchup is also bad. Um, and I'm hopeful that Goddard is is back to pre-injury form, but there's a lot of question marks on Tyreek Hill and Tua playing in the snow. Um, Tua's really never played a game in the snow. So to me, there's too many question marks and why I'm rolling with Chad for this one. Next up, Bon Jovi versus the good guys. Unfortunately, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this one because I think that the matchup is going to be pretty one-sided. Josh Allen playing the snow I don't think affects him one bit. It'll affect his wide receivers, certainly, but you're, he's going to use his legs in this contest. I do think that it is a, a great revenge game for Buffalo. And playing in Buffalo, playing Buffalo type of offense, playing Buffalo type of weather conditions, Miami's in for a little bit of a, a rude awakening. Hey, I could be wrong. Uh, I think Jeff Wilson will not be available for this game, so it's going to be on the back of Tua, Tyreek, and and Waddle. I don't think Raheem Mostert's going to get it done for them. So you really are looking at a, a really fun Saturday 5-15 game. But by the way, anyone who has made it to this part, point, part of the podcast, there are a slate of Saturday games. In addition to Sunday, we've hit that point of the season where I believe for the next three weeks we will have Saturday games, which is fun. There's actually more games next week on Christmas Eve than there are on even Christmas. So uh, a fun weekend's ahead where we've got NFL football fully loaded, and I love that. Um, I also, just one other note here, like Pat Mahomes, the only concern I have is what I talked about earlier, that they get up early and fast and are then just transitioning into backup play in the second half which could limit his upside to where it potentially could be. But Tony Pollard has just been on fire. I think there's a really an interesting question. I'd love to get Robert to weigh in on this as a Cowboy fan, but like, what do the Cowboys do next year? Um, they pretty much made it a fact that like Zeke is their guy no matter what. So does Tony Pollard walk and sign a big deal somewhere else? Boy, wherever he goes, he'd be a great get. He's an awesome fantasy player. And the guy who's sharing time, but scoring a bunch, especially through the air. He's a, a, a an air raid type of guy that's getting a lot of yards, a lot of usage in that way. And then Miles Sanders. Shout out to Miles Sanders, who's been awesome um, over his last three weeks. 37 points, 12, 34 points. In those two games where he was over uh, 30 points, he had 143 and 144 yards with two scores to boot. So he's been uh, super dominating against you know the New York Giants, who were in division rivals and looking like they were going to make a run for it. Chicago will be an interesting matchup, but I like Bon Jovi smashing this one. And then our final matchup, which I think is the most important, I can't understate it enough for last place purposes, is the Mile High Kings versus the Hip Parade. We talked about this a little bit already. 
but uh, a good opportunity for Justin Herbert to uh, keep this team in contention for playoffs versus Tennessee. That's a Sunday game. Um, and, and Mike's going to need Herbert to play like Justin Herbert can. That's an important game because uh, I just I, I fear, as much as I love my Raiders, that Derek Carr is just a bad quarterback. He makes bad decisions. And even in a game where he airs it out, he's maybe going to get you 25 to 26 points. Last week versus the Rams, 11 completions, 137 yards, zero touchdowns, and two picks, six fantasy points. If Mike gets six points or less than 10 from Derek Carr, it is not going to be good. Um, again, he's two, two wins clear of last place, so I don't think the alarms are quite sounding, uh, but a loss here would not be fun. I think Derek Henry has a monster game versus a porous Charger defense. Granted, the Charger defense did step up a little bit last week, held Raheem Mostert to 6.9 points uh, off of, I think there was only, shoot, 11 rushing attempts. Just very good, which is kind of odd because in the last two weeks, got absolutely mowed by Josh Josh Jacobs and James Conner. They've been terrible against the run, gave up 35 points to Ken Walker earlier in the year, 31 to Nick Chubb, 31 to Damian Pierce. The list really does go on for these guys. I think Derrick Henry has a big game. The Raiders are going to have to rely on Jacobs' running ability. Now, I will say this. Jacobs is less listed as questionable. Um, I believe they said he has uh, something broken in his hand um, or a finger that's misplaced or something like that. Uh, he is questionable whether he will, will go in this game. But uh, I think that if he does, I am rolling the hit parade. It is going to be a very good matchup. Love to get your guys' thoughts and opinion on the thread as well about not only who you think is going to get last place, but this matchup because this one is is super important. When you look the the next several weeks, I have uh, kind of a few games highlighted. So I'm going to end with this. I've got the hit parade winning this matchup. Um, I think that this week, the hit parade versus the Mile High Kings is circled on the old calendar. I think that the the last game of the year, Ryan versus Josh, is circled on the calendar. Um, and then I got to put the hip parade into another one, which is versus Hayden next week. All of those incredibly important games. So I actually have <laughs> I have a hip parade circled all three weeks here. Uh, looks like it's going to be an important three weeks for you, Ryan. Um, hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good luck to everyone. Most importantly, good luck to uh, the commissioner who's about to get just ramrodded in the commissioner line bets when Tony and I take home the house, um, except for the bet that I win that Tony loses, which is our game. <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy the week. Enjoy Saturday's slate of games. Enjoy Sunday. And I will promise to be back next week for week 16 and a final rundown of, of the end of the year. Peace. Oh, I said